Hey everyone, and welcome back to Furry Explained, a show about furries and their culture. I'm Finn, and as you could probably tell by the title of this episode, we're actually not going to be talking about the furry fandom at large today, but instead doing another furry convention review, this time of Furry Week in Atlanta 2023. Now, I know we usually do episodes like this on the weekend, but I wanted to put it during the time block of a normal episode this week because the demand for this episode was a lot higher than usual. Which is great, by the way. I love doing these, and I'm glad you all find them enjoyable to listen to. But I've done a couple of these convention reviews now, and this one by far had the most intrigue by all of you. Whether it be you all sending me messages asking when this review would be going up, to a lot of you commenting on posts that I made on Twitter while I was at the con expressing your excitement on what I thought about the con, let me just say that you were all heard loud and clear, and I'm happy to finally get this out to you all, even if it is a whole two weeks after the convention has actually ended. But let's talk about that convention in question, Furry Weekend Atlanta 2023, the 20th anniversary of FWA. And, uh, well, it's, it's interesting because I actually don't have all that much to say about the con because it was simply excellent in pretty much every facet of the convention experience that matters to me and I'm sure matters to most of you listening as well. I've gone to six cons now and it was easily the best convention I've gone to. It's very close to being my favorite. Honestly, it really should be my favorite. There was just something about that time I had at Anthrocon last year that really doesn't show up on the stat sheet that keeps it as my favorite for me personally. But it's by a margin so slim that if I didn't have to choose a favorite, I'd say that they would share the number one spot. But why is that? What did FWA do so well that really propelled it to that high of a ranking for me and for a lot of other people who I know and who I don't know who went as well? Well, to summarize it, I think what made FWA so successful was the environment that it was in. And I mean that in pretty much every facet of the word that you can think of. Let's start with the space that the convention was in. I'm sure you've heard by now that FWA 2023 was the second largest furry convention to ever have been conducted, with the 10,328 registered attendees being second only to the 13,641 attendees of MFF last year. And even with it being 3,000 less people than MFF, that's still quite the menagerie to have to deal with, and putting that amount of people in the right setting can make or break the convention as a whole. Luckily, that wasn't an issue whatsoever. If you've never been to Furry Weekend Atlanta, the main hotel where a majority of the events are is in the Atlanta Marriott Marquis, the one with the famous wishbone-looking atrium. That hotel is pretty large, with a lot of space on the lower floors being dedicated to convention activities and just space for people to hang out. This meant that while there were definitely main areas where a majority of people, particularly fursuiters, hung out, it never really felt crowded, or if it did, there was always space on one of the lower floors that was more sparse and quieter if you needed some space to get away. It's a bit hard to describe without pictures, but the amount of space, even on that main floor, felt like a mini convention center where even though we were still in the main hotel, getting from one side of the hotel to the other was still a pretty decent walk. But that was just in the main hotel. Even if you weren't staying there, there were two adjacent hotels that many congoers ended up staying in, and 
While they were separate hotels, they never felt like they were separate from the main convention space, probably because they really weren't. The two other hotels, the Hyatt Regency Atlanta and the Hilton Atlanta, are connected directly to the main central Marriott via very short sky bridges, about a quarter of the length of any of the ones at MFF. And the staff of FWA probably had a good hunch that they were going to grow significantly this year, and they made a really clutch deal with the Hyatt Regency to use one of their entire ballroom floors as the home of the dealer's den and artist's alley, giving more space back to the main hotel to allow for larger rooms for the larger panels. Speaking of, Skybridge's another aspect of the physical setting of FWA is that the hotels are in a sort of business-slash-commerce space called the Peachtree Center, where Skybridges also connected the main hotel to a couple of office buildings that people were still going to work in on Thursday and Friday of the convention. However, the cool thing about that is that there is a large food court that mainly serves as an easy lunch or early dinner spot for said office workers to come down and grab something quick to eat, but it ended up being the main location for all of the quicker meals that I had throughout the convention. It's a stark contrast to something like Midwest Fur Fest, where any quick and cheap-ish food is a pretty long trek away, and even the mall that I'm thinking of was pretty limited in its options, and most people ended up spending a pretty penny getting food delivered at that convention. I know the 6 one rule is very important, but the two meals a day can turn into one of the hardest to coordinate due to simply a lack of options, but that was never a concern at Furry Week in Atlanta. There were plenty of options, even a few that weren't straight-up junk food, and it was easy to pop over to the food court for breakfast or lunch, sit and eat, and then pop right back to the main Marriott to keep your convention going. And I really don't want to understate how valuable that was for the overall con-going experience, and part of the reason why FWA ended up being a convention where I could really focus on enjoying myself at the convention pretty much the entire time, knowing that if I was ever hungry or needed to go back to my room, even if I stayed at one of the adjacent hotels, not needing to worry about that kind of stuff and the time it would take to do that was such a relaxing and nice feeling. I hope you can tell how much that really left a good impression on me, because the rest of the convention experience, at least for me, was actually pretty straightforward, in a good way. Again, this con knows it's on the larger side, and it takes advantage of that by having a lot of things to do throughout the weekend. If you're someone who likes to go through as many panels as you can, there was never any downtime throughout the weekend where there weren't at least a few panels going on throughout the day. If you like dances, I was actually surprised by how many dances there were, some of which that started in the afternoon and went well into the evening of that same day. I felt like almost every day after 4pm or so, I would look over at one of the main ballrooms and there would be some sort of dance of some sort happening. And everything that I at least went to see was put on really well. The fursuit competition, for example, while I haven't been to a bad one per se. This one was easily the best one I've seen where the talent floor of all the dancers was the highest I've had the privilege to watch. The more general dances themselves were really fun for the times that I stepped into them, and there also seemed to be a good variety of different types of music being played, which is always a welcome sign. Oh, I almost forgot, I'm sure some of you are interested in how the Moonlight Festival went, which, yes, I did go, and if you don't know what that is, it's a section of the convention that's blocked off from miners on Friday night that celebrates things like kink and just being more open about enjoying the more adult side of the furry fandom. 
Not typically something I personally find interesting initially, but I at least wanted to check it out to see what, what it was like, and it was fine. Honestly, it was nothing more or nothing less than what was on the tin. And even as someone not interested in that kind of stuff, I never felt uncomfortable or unwelcome with what was going on in there. And again, it was a really safe space for people to enjoy the more kinkier side of the fandom in a controlled environment. But again, I'm kind of running out of runway here on what to talk about regarding the con because it was simply such a really good time. I guess I should bring up that for those who don't know, I am now a proud owner of a fursuit for Finn and I debuted it at that con. But I didn't make too much of a fanfare about it because I really wanted to spend time figuring out how my body would react walking around in a suit for an extended period of time. And thankfully, I think it went great. It took some time getting used to the combination of limited vision, walking around with larger feet, limited hearing, and a bunch of other walking carpets moving around me at the same time, all while being in a really hot environment took some adjustment, but I think by the end of the convention I started to get the hang of it, to the point where I felt comfortable going out without a handler. But again, it was really fun to take pictures and say hi to people, and just seeing the genuine smiles on everyone's faces were reminders of why I'm in this whole fandom thing in the first place. But that's straying away from the con itself a little bit, let's try to wrap things up here with some final thoughts. I really do mean it when I say that Furry Week in Atlanta was the best furry convention I've gone to. It simultaneously provided a space to have an intensely fun weekend with other furries, but also got out of its own way by making the experience of getting to the things I needed to get to to have fun, like food or access to my room, easy to do. Sure, it wasn't all perfect, there were definitely some longer lines at registration and some of the larger events, and especially the elevators, but it was what I expected for a convention of this size, and nothing more. I would have loved to see some actual enforcement of the rules regarding the elevators specifically, but who am I to throw stones in a glass house as I may or may not have broken a few of them on slight occasions. But again, the part of FWA that I really want to emphasize is that I think this was the best of any con that I've gone to with regards to handling of the space that it was conducted in. It was a large convention, but it felt manageable. I felt safe with the number of staff members that were visually present throughout the weekend, and due to everything being so well-connected, you technically didn't have to go outside for the entire weekend that you were there. Though, if you do go, I still recommend that you do, even for a little bit. It, it was hot, but it wasn't that hot in Atlanta that weekend. Speaking of which, I guess the question is, do I personally recommend Furry Week in Atlanta as a furry convention to consider attending? Well, honestly, the answer is not only absolutely, it's actually the one that I will be recommending first going forward. If you don't mind large crowds, this convention is easy to get to if you're flying, since the Atlanta airport is much more accessible domestically and internationally than, say, Pittsburgh's is for Anthrocon, for example. And despite it being in the South, it wasn't nearly as hot as Pittsburgh gets during the summer. And the food situation is so much better than the con like Midwest Furfest that that alone makes it easier for me to recommend over that con for most people. Also, MFF really felt like a party con to the point where things almost felt chaotic, whereas FWA, while still full of parties, had a more balanced energy where many people were there just to meet up with friends and simply enjoy themselves. 
It will always be a convention that I will never forget simply because it's where I suited for the first time, but if you're choosing amongst the three big cons of FWA, AC, and MFF, I'd strongly consider attending Furry Week in Atlanta. From top to bottom, that convention was simply the most well-run of the ones that I've been to, and it really is that simple. And there you go, there's my review of Furry Week in Atlanta 2023. I hope you got a good sense of what that con is like and that you enjoyed listening to me talk nonstop about a furry convention for a change. I would do my usual end of show call to actions here, but if you've been keeping count, this is actually the second to last episode of this show for a while. We'll do one more in two weeks to kind of wrap this version of the podcast up and then we'll sunset this show and replace it with something completely different. Again, I'm not quitting, things are just changing with the content delivery style. Furries and this fandom will remain the focus of what I do here and other places around the internet. Speaking of which, if you do want to keep up with the transition between this show and what comes next, as well as see photos of my suit, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at FinnThePanther, and that'll be linked in the show notes so you can keep up with everything there. And yeah, that's all I have for this one. Again, I hope you enjoyed this breakdown of FWA 2023. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you all next time. Stay wild out there. Peace.